Hello, everyone. So glad you're joining me. Let's talk about not doing language learning. To start us off, I'll take you to Costa Rica. During Spanish study there, my husband and I would watch on TV every night a soap opera or telenovela with our host family. I can still see the opening scene, rain streaming down a window pane with the soulful face of a woman peering out. The name of the show was her name, Soledad. Soledad, that's how they said it. After the show, in my limited Spanish, I would say, I am tired. I am going to bed. It was only eight o'clock or so, but I was exhausted after a day of language school, three meals with the family, stops on my local language route, and a language helper session. Since I said the same, I am tired every night, our host began to worry that I was really sick that such exhaustion warranted a visit to the doctor. Well, I wasn't sick. Like I said, I was tired, really tired. Language learning can do that to you. You may be saying, well, I shouldn't really be so tired. I'm not really doing that much. But no matter what activity you happen to be doing in the moment, it's like your phone when you've got all these apps or widgets running in the background wearing down your battery. What are the signs that you need rest? Another story coming right up about swatting flies. Swatting flies? High in the Peruvian Andes, the adobe house where we lived had only one window and it did not open. Trying to escape, giant horse flies collected there and would make the most annoying buzzing racket. Mostly we just put up with it, since if you hit one, there'd just be another one. But then Eric would take to swatting those flies with a vengeance. Smack, smack, smack. Shouts of glee. Yep, that was a sign that it was time to get out of Dodge and go back to our city apartment to rest and recoup before our next extended stay in that village. What are the signs that you need rest? Irritability, confusion, dull brain, vocab words that just won't stick? Are there things in your body that you need to pay attention to? Things in your relationships that are red flags? Feeling way too overwhelmed? I'll be back with some driving questions. What is driving you in language learning? Is it hurry? Hurry to get on with your all-important, this is why I'm here, ministry, or assigned role? To start a scripture translation, we had to achieve the necessary aptitude in Quechua. We had to hurry up and get reading materials out for promoting literacy so they would be able to read the scripture. Expectations drive us. Expectations of our own agency to get to a certain level in a certain time frame. Or self-imposed expectations. Statements like, I should be able to, I should be at this level. Are your goals unreasonable for you? 
Could idealism and perfectionism be driving you? Is your identity based on your performance in the language? We really do crave success, often at a great cost. Okay, I hope by now you've bought into the idea that rest is important in language learning. Actually, ultra important. But that doesn't mean that it's easy to do. We'd rather be the hamster on the wheel. Next up, a shocking story. In a fascinating and somewhat disturbing research study, all participants were given a mild electric shock. They all reported that they didn't like it at all and would even pay money not to undergo it again. But then they were left completely alone in an empty room for 15 minutes. No phones, no nothing. However, they could leave at any time if they pressed a button that would deliver the mild shock. What do you think were the results? Divided between men and women. More than two-thirds of men and one-fourth of the women in the study chose to voluntarily shock themselves rather than sit and do nothing. That hamster on the wheel? Are you like that when it comes to rest? Another question coming up. What does rest look like? I'd like to ask instead, what do rests, plural, look like? Could be as simple as a 10-minute snack break during a language helper session listening to a few minutes of music, or only going to one stop on your communication route instead of three, or maybe locking yourself in a closet for some solitude. Rest can also be just switching up your language learning activities. Don't be the hamster on the wheel doing the same old, same old over and over. Do something more fun and relaxing, a game maybe, rock, paper, scissors, we played Uno so much with our Costa Rican family that the cards ended up paper thin. Or you can let your brain off the hook by just reviewing the vocabulary you already know pretty well. How about taking a nap? What a novel idea. Interestingly enough, some recent research in psychology regarding long-term language retention showed that an extended nap had even more benefit than a period of wakeful rest or even an extra hour of sleep. I know, who has time to nap, right? But maybe schedule one nap a week? Then they're the bigger getaways. Up next. The online language learning guru, Ollie Richards, recommends that you have a pretty good momentum going in language learning before you take a long break. He says three months on and one month off. I think I'd recommend more like one week off, but you know what's reasonable for you. Hey, I know too that it can be tricky finding cultural ways to get away. My husband and I love to hike, but in that Quechua village I mentioned, 
We couldn't hike in the surrounding hills. We tried it once and were asked, what in the world were you doing up there? Worshipping the hill gods? So we had to go to more obvious settings to hike, like nature parks in a bigger town or to the hot baths. However, I would say that sometimes you just have to risk being misunderstood. In Costa Rica, we took Saturdays completely off, packed a backpack and left for the entire day. Went to either McDonald's or Pizza Hut, hit a tourist site, or simply sat on a park bench. Our host really didn't get why we did that, and she sort of got her feelings hurt. Take some time to brainstorm, do some planning. This next statement I would put in all caps, bolded, and underlined. Give yourself permission to spend money on rest, budget for it, or go into debt. Just kidding. But definitely don't feel guilty if you book a resort or do something pricey for some comfort and relaxation. And as a side note here, if you do take off for an extended period, my SLA friend and colleague Karen Griffith says, and I quote, don't disengage without a plan for how to re-engage. Okay, stay with me. Reflection and evaluation is an important part of the learning cycle. And rest can give you that time to do just that. Are you familiar with the Ignatian Prayer of Examen? E-X-A-M-E-N. How you look back through your day with spiritual eyes to see the positives and the negatives? As you reflect on your language learning at the end of the day or end of the week, make a list of questions to ask yourself. Questions like, what's working or not? What feelings rise to the surface? What have I accomplished? What goals have I met? What can I do differently? I think you can find joy and gratitude as you look back. Okay, let's wrap it up here. What are the results of rest? Renewal, yay. Renewed perspective, yay. Renewed energy, renewed relationships, and even renewed retention. Guys, are you the hamster on the wheel? Are you swatting flies? Are you in a hurry? Are you too frugal? Language learning is a marathon, not a sprint. Get some rest and to all a good night. No, wait a sec. Here's my chance to tell you my own super duper language blooper. I mentioned that we were learning Quechua in Peru. In that particular dialect, it was difficult to distinguish between the velar ka sound and a pesky post velar ka. So you had ka velar and ka post velar. Okay, one day I was thrilled to be asked to help in the kitchen to prepare the food for a village fiesta. So what if I had to cut up carrots for a couple of hours? It was a great language learning opportunity.
the conversation with the lady started off with a question for me. Do you drink chicha? Chicha is a semi-fermented beverage made from barley, something I'd been drinking from day one. You can't be Quechua and not drink chicha. But hey, I was an outsider, so it was a legit question. I confidently piped up, yep, I love to drink chicha. Now, the word for chicha was aka postvealer with some added aspiration. But instead of saying aka, I used the velar and said aka, which means feces. So I said, I love to drink feces. Of course, they all roared with laughter. I will say, however, that the upside to this mistake was that I eventually learned how to tell the story on myself, and thus my repertoire in the language increased. Hey, great to talk. A big shout out to Ruth Bauman for researching this episode. See you next time.